Good morning. Happy President's Day to all of you future presidents out there in the audience. I am Alika Hope, and I'm joined today and every day by Change, also known as Emil. What's up, sis? How you doing? <sighs> I be doing, Emil. I be doing. Word? Yeah. So, you know, normally you guys ask me where I am. Today I'm at home. <laughs> I, I, I didn't purposely not ask you where you were. Wait, wait, wait. Emil, where are you? <laughs> I'm at home. Very nice. Right outside of Washington, D.C. Yes. And let me tell you, I was in Fort Lauderdale for a few days this week on business. It was, as they say in Fort Lauderdale, glorious. I don't know what to say, y'all, because I'm just a little bit jealous. Yeah, just you know, I, I, I'm saying this to my sister because she loves getting her vitamin D the natural way. I do. And I love Fort Lauderdale for it too. <laughs> and the weather was for a kid from Oregon. Perfect. Cause it was mm-hmm. mid seventies, a bit humid, but great. Otherwise sunny, but not hot. Oh, I was like, I could actually enjoy this because normally when I'm in sunny places like that, it gets overwhelming fast. But the day, the couple of days I was there, I was like, ah, okay. Now this mm-hmm. I can do. um where's the next place you're going to be going after this so um at the end of the month uh sophia and i are going on a cruise to starting in greece Mm -hmm. by way of uh turkey israel cyprus and Rhodes. and that's the end of march that'll be that'll be the first two weeks in march uh and then we come back and uh i'll I may do some more travel after that, but that's the big one. That's the one that I'm really looking forward to. Wow. Wow. So are you on the same ship for all those places? Yeah, it is uh, courtesy of the cruise line that lets you freestyle travel. And they uh, set it up where it's a nine-day cruise total, and then you have some travel time there and back. Uh, And you know they are running these awesome promotions that i was like this was over a year ago i booked it and actually mm-hmm. two two years ago two and three years ago we had booked another cruise over to asia mm-hmm. covid cancel three times covid cancel so we said perhaps asia is not in our plan right now mm-hmm. with three cancellations in a row so we went ahead and booked for europe and this one we've been eagerly anticipating since um this particular cruise since we booked it last year but certainly um given all the cancellations we're three years behind our cruise schedule exciting and new come aboard we're expecting you emil and sophia yes traveling to greece israel and everywhere else he mentioned (laughs) Emil and Sophia <laughs> promises something for his little sister when he brings back some Greek olive oil. Yales. <laughs> okay. Well, that was my jealousy coming out in, instead of instead of jealousy, it came out as support. Cause I gotta turn my my green jealousy into red love for you. And and you've earned it. I will say that. Like 
some people I could say, well, they just, you know, live their life on a silver platter and people just be giving them cruises their whole life. No, Emil has earned the right to cruise to Fort Lauderdale to wherever, whenever he wants. And I'm putting well, you know, on the record. The thing that I'm, I've learned, uh, since, especially as a civilian, it's harder to do when you're in the military, but it's much more palatable in the civilian sector. And I'm talking to almost everyone outside of first responders who do, who have the same mentality as us in the military. Yeah. You can find harmony in all you do. It doesn't have to be balanced because balance implies tension. And I don't like tension much. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to stay relaxed in my life. And so harmony is the better word than mm -hmm. work-life balance. It's life. It's just harmony in my life. And so mm -hmm. when we, when we really focus on finding harmony, that means that different things can sound good together, can work in concert. And that's where my life is now. And it was a very difficult transition from military, which was all about balance. It was lots of tension. It was being poised to travel anywhere in the world at a moment's notice, 24-7, 365. Like that life was just, a, it was very tension-filled life and by design, and it's okay. But when you leave that life, you think that that's normal, and it really isn't. You can find a different pace and different mm -hmm. style. And for most civilians who have chosen not to necessarily uh, look at it that way, when I began to see it that way, I've found great joy because I'm like, oh, I can shape my work and I can shape my life around things that I already enjoy. And yep. although that luxury is not for everyone, given skills and bills and all the things that go into being able to work for oneself, right. um, I recognize that I have placed myself in a very privileged position and I intend to manage, because I can manage this pace until I'm 80. And that's kind of the point was to start right. something I could do forever. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. It's interesting too, because I think, it, you know, you talk about people's jobs or, or commitments or anything, and even people who might have, let's say, uh, some kind of mental illness diagnosis or physical illness diagnosis, they can still have a vacation within the parameters of whatever they're able to do, right? So like, mm. you can, I mean, I remember I had I struggling with a chronic um, illness, and uh, I couldn't really go anywhere, but I really wanted to like have a vacation. And I set one up in my bathtub, I'm just saying, and I had a lot of bubbles and hot water. And for a minute there, I felt like I was in a jacuzzi in Fort Lauderdale, you know? And so it's, it, I think we can have a vacation at any time, no matter where we are. Um, there's gotta be a song about that. I feel like there's a song about only the echoes of my mind. So we'll see. Um, only the vacations of my mind. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, Jamie, who's saying echoes of my mind? <laughs> do you You've stumped me. Oh. I do not know. <laughs> what? I stumped Jamie out. Yeah. It's here. February 20th, 2023. I stumped Jamie. And it's really easy to stump Emil on music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just changed keys in the middle of that. Anyway, so. You did good. But, you know, um, <laughs> I, 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 so, so anytime I'm away, Sophia and yes. I, we're, because we, we have the saying, away, not apart. Aww. Right? And, and the, the separation allows us to grow fonder, right? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And so, so the, the concept of away, not apart applies when we're, because she travels for work and I travel for business and, and, and because I want to sometimes. And so we can't say that we're apart 
because that would imply something deeper than the physical separation, right? There's, mm-hmm. you know, emotional and other types of separations that go on when you say apart. But when you say away, it's simply, I'm not at home. And, mm-hmm. and so I remember we had this conversation and I'm going to, I'm going to cue Jamie in because I remember that there is this concept of loving the one you're with that I thought was apropos given oh. that I travel a lot. And yes. Jamie, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to oh, remember, right. remind us exactly what that was because you had something to say about that phrase. And I want to, rem- I can't yes. remember exactly how, what your beef was or how, how you framed it. Because he didn't remember. He didn't tell us. Remember we said right. we would stay on it, this episode. Good memory, right. Neil. Yes. Yes. What's wrong with that song, Jamie, and those words? That is, excuse me, that is, let's see. How can I explain this in a really short manner? Go ahead. I think it's fickle. I think it's fleeting. I think it's shallow. I think... That if okay, I'll put it this way: If you want to be devoted to a person, mm-hmm. um, that song kind of defeats that purpose. You know, it's like if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. You're settling. <gasps> That's what it is. It, it's not oh. to take away from the spirit of enjoy where you are, because I get that part of it. Okay. You know, it's really kind of like all right, enjoy your war. If you can't be where you want, then enjoy what you have. But when it comes to romantic ties, and if you are supposed to have a tie to someone, if you're just conveniently just doing whatever mm-hmm. because you can't reach them, mm-hmm. you're settling. Yes, you are. I'd wow. rather. I'd just rather wait. That's just me. Wow. <laughs> Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. You know, Jamie, that's hefty. That's yeah. hefty right there. And that's that's like you're right because it's so interesting. I think, at least for me, I'm not sure about Emil, but I mean, you know, I was growing up in Oregon and the whole like hippie mentality. Um, I always just thought of that song being like, just love everybody, you know, wherever you are, you know, like I I took it as, well, I can't be with my mama right now. So I'm going to love these people I'm with. And now you just blew my mind because you're so right, Jamie. Like, oh, well, you know, you got a man at home. Don't worry about him. Just love the people that are right here because, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't be with him. But and, and when Emil was talking about separation and, you know, being away from somebody but not being apart, that's exactly what's the word um antithetical to that song right so you're exactly. you're away from each other but you can still be with them even if you're not with them yes oh jamie yeah. i like emile's angle i don't like the yes. song's angle <laughs> i'm gonna side with y'all you know um interesting before we go into today's topic which you guys are more way more specialists of than me but i i want to say that last last uh week's episode the valentine's one I got more feedback from people than I think I have for any episode. And it was quite interesting because when wow. I was saying that men are kind of simple or I meant what I meant was uncomplicated. I did not mean simple as an insult for the record. I got people who said to me, it's so interesting, said to me, Alika, you're right. Men are simple. Why do we make them so difficult? That's women. That's we're the difficult ones. And then I had some people say to me, Alika, men are not simple. And I was like, I love men. I'm not anti-male. And I was like, wow. And so 
you just got me thinking about that. Like it was just stirring up conversation, which I love because it was just people sharing their opinion, right? On just things. And um, I'm going to say in this episode, I 100% side with Jamie for the record. Anyone listening? Okay. And I side with my brother on this one. I think Jamie's take on this song is spot on. If you have a different take on this song, you know you can feel free to message, email me, message us through Instagram, uh, our new Facebook fan page that Brandon has blown up. Let us Let's know what you out think to about that song. For getting us on the Facebook and Instagram for map, real? we are really seeing some engagement. Thank you. We to are all of you guys out there for engaging <laughs> with us. Uh, thank you, Brandon, for hooking us up and uh, being the light for uh, some elderly older <laughs> decrepitated facebook decrepitated. users um <laughs> you just made up a word that, that word made up all i know it, is he's been doing it for like two weeks we have new listeners i have people like reaching out to me and he he has I'm a new guest that's gonna go come ahead, on bro. you know I do know. your thing man so young whippersnappers what you what you call us de, 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 not decapitated what'd you say decrepitated decrepitated and, and here's the funny part <laughs> I actually learned that word in the military because it is a real word. And I was the same oh, as you, is. Jamie. I'm like, okay. you just... Be-. It is a word that they use to describe older buildings that have fallen into disrepair. And I was like, get out of here. And I that, can't that say can't, I'm sorry, that can't be right. <laughs> Dilapidated is a word. Decrepit is a word. Yeah. But decrepitated is I'm, a combination of those two. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking. Just because either. the military says it's legit, I mean, do they hire English professors? I mean, what? Uh, what? You know, the military. We have our own jargon. I'm not going to say okay, anything beyond go. that. But it okay. was a word that was in legitimate use in the military in order to mm-hmm. describe specifically buildings of a certain age and condition. Okay. Well, here on A League of Hope and Change, we may be decrepitated sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> As maybe some of our listeners are, but we still love you. I just don't even know what to do with that. The dilapidated, decrepit, decrepitated. Oh All right. Oh, side a, note. Side like, note, yes. actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. Side note. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll move on. Yes. Just looked it up. Decrepitate is actually a word. <laughs> it is. But is. Are you serious? Yes. You ready for this? Oh. Yeah, tell us. Of a crystal or an inclusion of something within a crystal disintegrate audibly when heated. The noise (laughs) produced when certain chemical compounds are heated or it refers to cracking or breaking up of lumps of limestone during heating. (laughs) It's real. It's in the dictionary. It's a science term. My use was more colloquial than it was actual, but yes. Yes. But but you know what I just thought of? Y'all gonna laugh because right with the first the first part of the could you read the first part of the definition again, Jamie? What was the first part? The, the something about audible, what'd you say? Of a crystal or yeah. an inclusion of something within a crystal. Yeah. Disintegrate audibly when yeah. heated. Okay, so this is what it made me think of. Do you know the Wizard of Oz? When the house when the um not the house, when the water gets on, actually it was the whiz I'm thinking of, when the water gets on Eveline and she goes, Yes. Just when Jamie said yes. that, I thought of when she got wet and the audible sound of her going, I'm melting. Oh, yes. My yes. That's, uh, that's decrepitated. That is decrepitating. Yes. <laughs> I will never forget that word now. And if y'all have not seen The Wiz, you need to go and watch Eveline, how she just like, yeah. Yo, it is uh, NBC mm-hmm. just did a live action version of it, mm-hmm. but the classic is with Michael Jackson, Diane yes. Ross. Yes. And- yes. 
Oh, who who was the Tin Man? Nipsey Russell. Nipsey Russell. Thank you. Yes. Nipsey Russell. Yes, oh, that is the slide some oil to me. Yes, yes, slide some oil to me. <laughs> Let it drip so, down my spine. Imagine a machine, Nipsey Russell, talking. Nice. This is a nice segue, Emil. Go ahead, go. Take it away. And it responds to, at the time, natural language. So a Tin Man, when the Wiz or the Wizard of Oz upon which it was based was written, was the idea of a robot. And we have robots today that are responding to natural language, perhaps a virtual Tin Man, if you will. Mm-hmm. And one of the most famous that just came out, raced to 1 million users in less than five, in five days, the fastest adoption of a program in history is known as ChatGPT. Now, I, yes. as a power user of computers since the 80s, am both fascinated and horrified by this development. Okay. So tell us why you're fascinated and then tell us why you're horrified. And Jamie, feel free to jump in at any time. Absolutely. So my fascination is computers that can listen to and respond to natural language with natural language responses. The amount of skill, programming skill, um, not hardware skill, the amount of creativity that went into being able to use natural language to ask a computer a question and have it respond in natural language and for it to be able to think relatively speaking creatively to answer that question is ridiculously uh, brilliant it's the culmination of decades of computer research and it's just fascinating to me that it's not just here but it's accessible in everyday life. It's like, whoa, this is one of the things that we saw. Let's say, uh, if you go back, one of the pinnacle uh, elements of uh, cinema is mm -hmm. the movie 2001. And HAL yeah. 9000 was that natural language processor. It was, they talked to HAL like you would talk to another person and HAL would respond like it was another person. That was a dream in 1969. It is our reality, everyday reality today. It is an everyday reality. Um, it, I mean, the, the, what I what I know about the Chat GPT um, that just you know, as a professor, and then just also just as somebody in the performing arts field and and movies and stuff, and how there's right AI taking the place of humans in some cases um, is. I've only heard a lot of negative things about how students can cheat and write papers and all this. And, I, and I've been curious because I've been like, well, there probably is some good to it. Because, you know, often what happens when you have technology is people act in the fear mode first. And um, especially those of us that are Luddites. And this time on purpose, I, um, is anybody there? We're here. Oh, it went quiet all of a sudden. That was We're weird. just listening. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because no, we're because I heard we're riveted. <laughs> so, y'all, I all of a sudden when we're doing the podcast, I usually hear stuff. And all of a sudden, it went quiet, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, is anybody there?" See, now listen up, guys. You know, out there, I felt for a second that when I started talking about the negatives that the chat AI took over and like totally just put me off because they didn't want to hear negative stuff. So let me get back and say that I I too was afraid, and I said this time 
this semester, because just, you know, this chat GPT just came out a, a couple months ago, I am going to embrace it as much as I can. And so I decided to design an assignment where we did compare and contrast with chat GPT and without. For me, I was very proud of myself for that because I did it first say, oh, no, now no one's going to be able to write and read and blah, and blah, blah. And so it's interesting. Um, you know, it's a it's a learning curve for someone like me. Um, but I'm saying to you, those of you out there who are not big tech people, do not be afraid of chat GPT, because I also believe that the robots will capture our fear. And the only way that we can really stand up to these robots is to not let them make us be afraid. That's all. I head back to you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually am very proud of you for that. And I wish more, um, more educators specifically would, would see it as a spectrum of learning like you yeah. did. Like you did, you did something simple but incredibly innovative, right? You said, let's, let's test the power of your ability to navigate this technology. And by doing so, you are actually introducing it to yourself in a very um, simple but effective way. You're saying, I'm going to demystify this thing by comparing, comparing it to how my students would ordinarily interpret these events or this this data and i want to say go ahead ahead. the the contest between those two the contrast between those two the comparison allows you as somebody who ordinarily doesn't adopt technology quickly to see why you would want to adopt it and perhaps how because now you're seeing the students who are way more innovative with this technology than you are come up with different use cases for the technology as they complete the assignment. And that gives you exposure to how they're thinking in a more safe and controlled way. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. You know, I have to say shout out to both of you because I think before this podcast, there's no way, even if like we hadn't done this podcast over the past couple of years and this had come up, um, you know, in November, I wouldn't have embraced it. And listening to, you know, my my geeked out honorary older brother and actual older brother um, has opened my mind to being able to embrace it. And, you know, there, it's interesting because there is this rabbi, um, uh, Joshua Franklin, and he had chat GPT write him a 1000 word sermon about intimacy and vulnerability. And he, he used the sermon with his congregation, um, the rabbi and applause broke out after a sermon. And he was like, he actually said he was deathly afraid. And then he said, you know what? Chat GPT is really great at sounding intelligent, but it lacked empathy. And so, um, there's a whole article about it. And, uh, about Rabbi Joshua Franklin, and it made me think of when Jamie, didn't you do something, Jamie? You did. You you, you tried to. You, you did something, and it and it came out really good, but it didn't sound like you, which made me think of the empathy piece. Yeah, um, it sounded intelligent, yeah. but it sounded cold. cold. Yeah. Cold. Okay. Yeah, it felt That's cold. Yeah. yeah. So yours was lacking the same empathy of, of what this rabbi was mentioning. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the the challenge for, um, and this is, I'll stay in my fascination mode for a little while, but yes, the challenge ahead. for the researchers <laughs> and the programmers and the, and the trainers, and uh, for those who don't know, artificial intelligence 
it has to be trained. So you can program okay. the computer, but then the program needs training and you train it using lots of data from multiple sources. So mm -hmm. uh, chat GPT is trained on data as recent as 2021, but not anything really more recent than that. And that's because it takes time for the computer to learn as it's training. And so you have to really, like you have a cutoff date for the training material and you can't keep training it because it has to learn this stuff and it has to figure out. And it, there's millions of inputs and millions of responses, oh. billions of inputs and billions of responses now because of the people who are using it. And so the empathy piece mm. is the hardest part to train into an AI because you can't really program it. It has to, quote unquote, learn that. And so the program is somewhat mm. adaptable. It's figuring out how to respond. And so emotion is a real-time um, yes. uh, uh, phenomenon. Yeah. So the computer is constantly fed a range of data, but anger on Alika looks different yeah. than anger on Jamie, which looks different uh, than anger on Emil, which looks different okay. on anger than on Sophia. And then you have, for each person, their entire range of emotions that are interpreted <laughs> differently per person. And there are billions of people on the planet. So this empathy thing is super hard to train. Whereas with everything else, it's fairly cut and dry. Not, I'm not gonna oversimplify it too much, but right. it's fairly cut and dry. It can learn and it can put together intelligent responses with all the data. But emotion, that is like the holy grail of artificial intelligence because it is such a unique phenomenon in human behavior. So I'm laughing because as you were talking, I was thinking about how Joe always says, you know, he's never bored with me because I'm like seven women in one. And I was thinking about how, you know, just because I, th I think that what I should do is sell myself to one of these AI companies because oh, yeah. if they can capture emotion from me, then <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that lays the groundwork, right? Like, I mean, those of us that are highly emotional individuals and show different things on a regular basis, I think we can make bank off this. Be like, just have your AI spend a day with me and they'll see like a bazillion emotions and how they're displayed and that will help with their library. So I'm offering myself up right now. So a uh, uh, shout out to uh, my <laughs> colleagues at Epigen Technology who are building, um, who are building AI in that's yes. their, that's their company job. And the reason okay. why I call, shout them out is because they're not taking the giant database model they're doing something a little bit more creative than that and so oh. there are companies like that around the world who are taking yeah. different approaches to training ai some of them are using the internet live as mm -hmm. you know with all of its ugliness and all of its prettiness and all of the things that and other people are privatizing ai they're making it so that it's a very limited data set because they want it to emulate a specific type or function within a specific sector of industry. So you have AI for logistics specifically. You have AI mm. for um, air travel specifically. You have okay. AI for car maintenance specific. Like it's really kind of cool. So you're going to see artificial intelligence pop up in all of these different sectors and industries. And, you know, chat GPT is more like a unimind. It's like everything. Oh, but there's unimind. other artificial like intelligences that. that are so specified for specific industries and sectors that it could be a phenomenal tool for those industries because it's it's just going to keep they're going to keep training it with the most current data and that's okay. what horrifies me people right 
Well, yeah. So um, right. human things um, have human problems and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how, like for instance, if a human, a normal individual makes a mistake on a certain task, one every, every hundred times and a professional, someone like in the NBA makes a mistake one every 10,000 tries, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence might take you to that same task one in every million tries it might have an error but the error is still somewhere in that system and and Uh, with all of the human flaws we have we've already seen versions of ai that do things that humans do uh versions of chat gpt for instance have had multiple personalities they have one mm -hmm. called venom one called fury and another one that's kind of different and these are actual uh faces of artificial intelligence. They have another artificial intelligence in another lab outside of OpenAI who created ChatGPT where it created its own language. And so it was talking a language that the researchers couldn't understand. And therefore they had to shut it down because they're like, we don't know what it's doing and (laughs) we don't know if that's good or bad. (laughs) So they literally had to pull the plug. Um, right now, email has not helped me because now I'm getting chills and shivers. And I was just thinking about how I can create a bunker down below my basement <laughs> made of steel so no one can ever hear me. So if you're feeling the same way as me, it's okay. That would be a normal human, not AI, a normal human reaction to the way that email is talking about. I, the, they had to I, shut I, it down because it made its own language. Okay. Right. So there's, I'm just going so to call her Sarah Connor. That, that, that's, 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 I'm going to call her Sarah Connor at this point. Oh, I would love that. She's so buff, too. Thank you, Jamie. Not only is she smart and she's a mom, she's also buff. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Anyway, yes, Jamie. So, yeah, I mean, so the Skynet scenario, the Terminator scenario, yes. the Matrix yes. scenario with the machines, like yes. that's always in the forefront of our mind because Hollywood doesn't, I mean, Hollywood does that with nice machines. It does it with, you know, with mean machines, ugly machines. Yep. So there's that side of it. And then there's the other side that there's the more utopia version of AI that's Star Trek and, and that it's, you know, Star Wars where it's, you know, the AI can is very beneficial, bene- beneficent would probably be a better word and very helpful mm-hmm. to uh, humankind. So there's that spectrum, which, which is why I'm fascinated and horrified because on one hand, there's this potential to have this tool that could really liberate human beings from toil and labor and really create an opportunity for us to really dive into our own creativity as human beings. And then on the other side, uh, there's the potential because human beings have the same spectrum of behavior, right? Yep. That human beings fascinate and horrify us. And so there's that potential that people or the machine itself, because of the programming created by humans, even unintentionally might take mm. us down a road we don't want to go. And so this is where you get the warnings from people like Elon Musk that say, you got to watch it or it'll be dangerous. And other people are like, let it go because it'll probably liberate us all. And we are just going to have to be in this brave new world of artificial intelligence to figure it out. And we're going to all do it together because the machine's here now and we're all going to have to adapt. You know, I um, just was thinking as you were talking about how Anybody out there who's into AI or would like to join us for a conversation sometimes about it, uh, sometime in the future in the road, I think that would be great. If any of you want to reach out to us, uh, you know, through Facebook, through Instagram, through email, we would love to have you on the show to have this conversation because I think this is going to be an ongoing thing. And 
you know, clearly us on this show, we lie on the spectrum between total and absolute fear and dread and also like total fascination. Um, but I, I want to, you know, there's a story that um, I remember about uh, a friend of mine and um, a dad friend of mine and his son asked him, right? So his son was like to his dad, why do you speak so quietly at home? And the dad replied, because there is artificial intelligence that listens to everything we say. And the son laughed, the dad laughed, and Alexa laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that joke clip hits a little too close to home, though. <laughs> that one, that's a, mm, you just stepped on my toes, and I was not expecting that. Okay. So, so we're, uh, are we done today, Jamie? We, I believe are, so. Are okay. <laughs> Jamie can be our human intelligence. <laughs> we thank him for his humanity. Done. It is yes, time. Yes, we do. It is time. It's past to end time. another episode. <laughs> we love you all, and we are so happy to have you listening to us. We will look forward to talking to you next Monday. Yes, we will. Right, Emil? <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all have a lovely week, and we'll see you next time. Bye now. Bye. <laughs>you enjoyed what you heard today on Alika Hope and Change, please head over to iTunes to rate the show and leave a review. It's really the best way for you to show your support for the show. And bonus, it costs you $0. Join the conversation on Instagram, share this episode with your friends on social media, or just tell others by word of mouth. Thank you and keep sharing hope and change.